Praise the Lord. Good to be in Sunday school today. The Sunday after Easter Sunday. Um, today's lesson is entitled Living in the Last Days. There's a, a lot to think about as we think about the world that we've lived in, look at the history, and then look at what the Bible has to say about what is to come in the future and what are the ultimate plans in our world that God has for it. Uh, page number two, our lesson text, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. But of the times and the season, brethren, we have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the last, or rather perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. You are not of night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. He talks here about the times and the seasons. We see our world go through different seasons. Uh, all of us are aware that the fads and the fashions of our world change. Different things come in uh, popularity. Different things are in in style, and they're they're here for a while, and then they're gone. I was listening to some uh, information this week about how that there is a certain facet to information uh, that popularity of certain items is based on the fact that their exclusivity that you are able to get it and other people don't have it but when that product becomes available to the masses then people that want that feeling that they are somebody special will drop it and they will go find something else that is new and grab a hold of it and try to make it popular uh, so it's a vicious moving cycle and we see the Apple Apple company this week is moving into that arena of trying to have the new hot tech item that the uh, elite in society will grab a hold of. So they've come up with an electronic watch that ties in with their phones and their computers, and they've got a model of that that they're selling for $10,000. for a little bitty computer that goes on your wrist that primarily is designed to tell time uh, that they've added some bling to, I guess you would say. Um, and so we, we see this in our society, fads changing things are popular, things go out of style, uh, and there are companies that try to make their products stick and, and hold into being popular. Uh, when I was in high school, really the muscle car to have was the, was the Pontiac Trans Am. I mean, that was the ultimate muscle car. 
um, for whatever reason in my locale. Um, there was one kid that showed up with a Corvette from California, and, uh, you know, she thought she was really hot stuff. And she didn't get that much attention because the Trans Am was, I mean, the Corvette was a more expensive car and probably, you know, anyway, whatever. Uh, where down in the Dallas region, uh, the Corvette was pretty pretty hot down there. I had a cousin um, that was involved down there. He, that was a muscle car that everybody wanted down in the Dallas region. So different things happen. Well, today, can you buy a new Pontiac Trans Am? No, they, you know, not even making the car anymore. It's uh, it, it lost out. Other things come along. Uh, there's things that will reinvent themselves. During that same time period, the Ford Mustang was a joke. Uh, I mean, you know, there was a few kids that had them, but uh, it was because they couldn't get anything else. I mean, it was a, the model that they made during the 70s was a is a terrible, terrible car. Uh, but Ford Mustang has reinvented themselves, and they've come up with a car that is is popular again and and in demand. So we see in our life trends and, and things that people grab a hold of, people like. Um, so as we go through life, we see regions and nations that draw nigh to God, those that fall away from God. Um, we've talked a lot about Jonah as of late in the city of Nineveh and how that God uh, reached out to Nineveh and when they heard the word of God, they believed it and they repented. And you scratch your head some, and you know, what was it that this terrible evil nation responded to God? What was the t turning point in Nineveh? Um, it's real possible that they looked at Jonah and said, you know, hey, this has to be somebody from somewhere out of this world, you know. Been in the belly of the well, the fish, or whatever. The Bible says a big fish. Three days and three nights with all those acids. Maybe he was, you know, uh, this bleach white being, a, a bino-looking creature. And, and they thought, you know, he was a messenger from Mars or something. Uh, who knows? But something got a hold of these people's heart because they did repent. They, they did change the way that they were living. Uh, but there is then the actions of life that begin to rock mankind back to sleep again because the judgments of God are not executed speedily. The Bible talks about it's in the hearts and souls of mankind to do evil. So we... We start looking for safety. We start looking for things that give us assurance. And we forget sometimes where we came from. We forget what God had done for us. And we forget what the problem is with sin. And, and there's something about sin that we need to recognize and realize Sin will always take you a lot farther than you ever intended to go. And it will keep you a lot longer than you ever intended to stay. The devil's, one of the biggest things he tries to portray on mankind uh, is that 
you've got to figure it out. You've got a loophole. You can go do this, and then, you know, you can come back, and everything will be all right. Uh, what's it going to hurt just to go have one beer with the boys? You know, what's it going to hurt just to go out and hang out? I know they're worshiping idols. I mean, you know, it's idol worship, but they're my friends, and I want to be a part of them. I'll go worship idols with them. No, that's that's not the way that it works. It's a, a, a sin is something that grabs a hold of us like Tar Baby did the little Peter Cottontail. Um, and it grabs a hold of mankind. And so the process and the seasons are there because man is looking for peace and safety around us. A lot of times our God moments come when we wake up and we realize that all that we have trusted in has failed us. Because we do trust in things. Uh, you know, some people trust in the government. Are they going to get a rude awakening one of these days? You know, the old saying is, the worst thing you can ever hear, the worst thing you can ever hear, somebody smiling, shaking your hand, I'm here from the government to help you. You ever hear that? Run, run, run. Um, and there's people that trust in family. And to a certain extent, you should be able to trust in family. Um, you should be able to. But there's a lot of things you should be able to do in life uh, that just don't happen. Um, you know, you should be able to not fear for your kids to go out and play in the in the yard but that's not always the case there's there's dangers and tragedies uh we have to be vigilant uh stranger danger uh to environmental dangers to uh just a the neighbor's dog that goes crazy all of those things are there but we trust in things uh Any of y'all go through a drive through at a fast food restaurant this week and buy something? Uh, go to a convenience store, get a soda pop. Um, now, we can get, you know, right on down to the road. Did you go to the grocery store and buy some canned food or some? Well, the fact that you did that means that you were putting trust in somebody to provide you with a product that was not poisonous. I mean, you think about it. You go to Mexico, they tell you don't even drink the water around here. You know, you don't trust the water. The water's bad. It'll make you sick. Uh, but we, we have a certain trust. We, we trust that when we order a Dr. Pepper uh, at Sonic that uh, they're not going to, you know, pour half a glass of bleach in there and then add some Dr. Pepper in with the bleach. Um, I don't know if I should tell you that story or not about the lady that, anyway. Um, it wasn't at Sonic, okay? Um, I'm sure it wasn't at Sonic. Uh it wasn't a sonic period. Um, uh, 
I don't remember all the details. It, it was in Texas, and uh, I, I it was in Texas. That part I remember. It was it was a sit down restaurant uh, of of some type, and uh, somebody had had put bleach into like the tea container, bleach water to clean it out, and uh, poured the lady a drink and brought her the bleach water, and um, she took a big slug of it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the reason that you got a bright future, brother. Oh. Uh. Uh. So we 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 trust in things, though. I mean, we there's lots of things that you you trust in, and but we find out those things are going to let us down if mankind is involved with them. Most of the, you know, we, we, in America, we're blessed even in the fact that when we go over and uh, we go through the actions of flipping the light switch, we don't go through this whole mental process, well, I hope that the lights will come on this time. Because uh, the majority of the time that it, it works, I mean, we're, we're very, very fortunate. Our downtime, uh, and it's very, very I know it's very, very frustrating, very, very inconvenient when it happens, and you know our life is disrupted. But uh, you, you know, you're talking uh, down in Brazil, for example. Uh, they know in Brazil that there's only going to be a certain amount of hours that day that they're going to have electricity, and they they base their life around it. Uh, you know, they they get up like at one o'clock in the morning to do their washing because that's when the electricity zones like from one to four o'clock in the morning. Um, so they have to base their life around that type of situation. So all of these things, mankind, we, we put trust in, but we have our God moments when suddenly these things have, have failed us. Family fails us. Friends fail us. Uh, our education fails us. Our, our possessions fail us. Uh, our health fails us. All of these things will come our way, and we have to realize that uh, peace and safety is not something that is guaranteed by the things that we have trusted in. And we need something more than that in order to be able to uh, make it through the situation. And, I, you know, I love... The writings in Psalms, Psalms 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Um, you know, that's something that we have to prepare ourselves in order for that to become true. Because our flesh is a very selfish, very consuming spirit. Our carnality really wants a lot of stuff. The Bible talks about it in categories, and most of the time it's considered lust. We really do lust and envy and, and covet all of these things. And we have to draw nigh to God in order to be able to take on His personality so that we can be able to say, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I can find contentment and peace at where God has put me 
and begin to establish priorities and begin to realize what it is that brings true peace and what it is that brings happiness in, in my life. Now, possessions in life can make a lot of things easier about life. I admit it's a lot easier to get in the car and drive to church than it would be to ride a bicycle or to walk from where I live. Um, but, you know, depends on how much we value things, how much we really, really want to do what we're doing. I'll never forget, I had a guy taught guitar lessons for me, and, and he loved the guitar. He loved playing the guitar in our music business. And his car broke down. And uh, I didn't know it. I would have went and got the guy and brought him to work. But he was, you know, uh, that type of individual. His car broke down. It broke down for about a week. And uh, he lived like six miles from the business and he would get up and walk to work because he loved teaching the guitar he loved the guitar lessons and that's what he wanted to do with his life um, and there's a story of, of a guy in New York that supposedly has walked 18 miles to work every day for the last three years and then, and then back home at night um, don't know, you know, what kind of sleep would you get doing that kind of commute, you know. But, uh, yes, possessions are nice. I mean, we love the electric oven. We love the microwave, uh, all the work that it takes in order to, you know, a wood stove, cut the wood, get the wood burning, uh, cooking with a cast iron. Uh, that is a lot, a lot of work. Um, but let me tell you something. It's cool to experience that every once in a while in your life because there's some of the things that come out of that cast iron stove that, let me tell you, it's it's got a unique flavor. You're not gonna you're not gonna get you know cornbread like it comes out of a cast iron skillet on a wood stove out of anything else. I mean that that is some unique cornbread. Uh, there's other foods that are prepared in that way. But we want all of these things. Because there's other things that we want to do with our life, other things that we're involved in. So we're used to uh, these type of things. And uh, many times it can affect our demeanor, uh, our attitude for today. Uh, you know, ladies, your blow dryer blows up and you got to go to work without using the blow dryer. Um, for the guys, uh, it could be that you run out of your, you know, your soap, and and so you're scrambling to find something to wash with. You know, do I use Lemon Joy or do I use, you know, the hand soap off the the, the things that that can happen in our life that uh, affects us, but ultimately the peace of life. And the safety of life will come when we find a relationship with our Creator that He can help us find purpose in life, help us find the place where we are doing what He wants us to do. 
and all of that keeps us aware of what the end, end game is, where we're headed. There's a reason that we need to be vigilant. There's a reason why we need to walk with, with the Almighty God. And this world is going to end one of these days. We're not going to have just forever and ever and ever things like it is. Our second scripture reading here on page 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 through 9. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by the letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you of these things. And now you know that what withholdeth that you might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the work of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. So, we have here a charge to the church that there is going to be a second coming of Christ. But before that happens, that we're going to see the evil come. And we're going to see him exalt himself and set himself up as God. Um... Jesus warned strongly of false prophets who would falsely announce the Lord's appearance in the last days, that false prophets would come. And he said, in all of this, there is going to be, as a thief in the night, the second coming when God gets enough of this, when his, his plan is revealed. Right now, um, as I think about it, you know, we see evil, we see wickedness, we see perversion, we, we, we see the assault on the church everywhere. Uh, as you look at it and, and you hear the laws that are being passed in America and, and how hostile that our country is becoming to that which is godly, um, it's, it's scary. But as the night gets darker, there becomes a greater contrast between that which is good and that which is evil. Um, and as we look at, at some of these institutions that are calling themselves churches, with the corruption that they're allowing, with the perversion that they are accepting, with, with the things that they uh, are turning their eyes at, we know that the Almighty God of earth and heaven is bringing a contrast. Now, God hates sin. He talks about the things that are an abomination unto him. He hates sin. But God loves people. And we see that sin, though, separates man from God. And the very first 
sin that man got involved in, Adam and Eve in the garden, it started out with Eve being deceived by the serpent. Now let's think about that for a moment. Did, did the serpent look at Eve and tell her, yeah, this is bad and this is wrong, but it, it you know, it's you're going to get away with it. God's not going to know. He reached out and appealed to her and said, the consequences for doing this are not going to be what God said they were going to be. He began to confuse and deceive her into saying that everything is going to go on as it's always went. You're, you're not going to surely die. You're going you're gonna to stay here in the garden uh, and there's going to be some good that comes out of this sin. What he tried to convince her of. You're going to become as gods. There's going to be good that comes out of this sin. And so the devil is still in our world today trying to use these techniques on people that you are are not going to have bad things happen when you do this. Matter of fact, it's going to make you feel good. It was a big deal during the 60s uh, that went about and they made statements like, if it feels good, do it. Just based on what can be wrong with something that feels so good. And there's a lot of things that can be wrong with something that might feel good to your flesh at the moment. Uh, I mean, all of us can become angry and upset with someone, and we think it would feel real good to smash them in the nose. Uh, but, you know... When it's all said and done, it don't. It don't. It just don't. It just don't. Just don't make anything work. I mean, you've you've made an enemy out of somebody. You've hurt somebody, maybe that you love, and and uh, yeah, a lot of people hurt themselves in the process. Uh, and you didn't solve the problem. You just made the problem worse. Whatever it is, you've compounded the problem. You've hurt the person now that's hurt you. And so you are escalating the cycle uh, rather than, than solving it. So around us, sin is rampant. People are deceiving themselves. They are saying, you know, hey, I'm gonna, going to enjoy this. Uh, this is all right. This is acceptable. Uh, you know, we live in a in a world that today uh, we've lost the concept of marriage. We really are. Many, many things have assaulted the God-given institution of marriage. And I'm not using the word institution in a bad sense. Uh, but it is uh, something that God gave for a particular purpose. And uh, it has served our society very, very, very well uh, throughout the ages. Like anything else, people can abuse it, people can misuse it, uh, and you know. But when it is used properly, it works, and it works very, very well. Because number one, 
um, before people get married, they need to pray about it, find the person that God has for them to help them fulfill their life, be a friend with that person, and be in love with that person. Um, so we we see um, around us all kinds of excuses being made for 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 the behavior that is there um, and I heard a very very sad story this week and I want to relay this story to you first grade teacher she had this quite nice little boy in her classroom and uh, excellent behavior never caused her any problems and uh, one day uh, she found him at his desk and he was just there crying tears running down his cheek she said what's wrong there's nothing wrong and this went on for a couple of weeks he'd, he'd just be sitting there and just start busting out crying in, in the class and finally the school counselor um, started working and talking with the kid and it finally come out and this kid said, there's something wrong with me. Because I'm the only kid in this class that don't have two daddies and two mamas. I only got one daddy and one mama. Everybody else in here has got two daddies and one mama. They get to go stay with their other daddy or their other mama. There's something wrong with me. Our society has fallen that far. How blessed is that child that God has enabled it to be raised in the home with its biological mother and father. Let me tell you, someone that has, has spent over two decades working with young people, there is not one young person that I have ever worked with that has a divided home for whatever reason their biological mother and father both of them are not in a home that it has not put negative effects upon their life now there you know there's things out there that makes differences you know I, I've, I've seen children that were adopted into a home where the where the mother and the father was there and the kid was raised up in that adopted home and and uh, God used it to work like a biological mother and father and there was very, very little negative effect on that child as a result of that uh, process because they were, you know, and thank God for those type of situations where uh, it was totally beyond everybody's control uh, for whatever reason. Um, this one kid, uh, you know, he couldn't help the fact that his mother was changing the tire in the car and somebody run by and run her over, you know. Mom's gone. He... Um, so, but God's put these things together for a reason why he, he wants the homes to be that way. Uh, the blessings that can be there uh, as a result of it. Then, you know, you've got the extended family, the grandmother and the grandfather, where they can reach out and they can be an impact in, in somebody's life. Um, also heard this week about this particular lady. Um she has two different kids 
and she now has custody of both of their kids. She has three grandchildren from the ages of six months to six years old. Um, and, you know, she's in her 60s, and she's got to raise these kids. She's now their mother. Yeah. Um, so we we see these things that have happened in our world because of the seasons and the times that mankind has been de deceived and there's evil that is that is all around us as a result of sin uh, we see the pattern has been there forever we see with King David there he was he committed adultery and what did he do to try to cover up his adultery then he murdered and we see that with the same thing in our world today uh, we do not we do not have a problem in America with unwanted babies. So, well, man, there's all kinds of these. We have a problem with morality in America. If men and women were not committing adultery and fornication, we wouldn't have all these people that want to get an abortion. Um, it's a sign of the times but God wants the church to realize that we can go back and we can do it right and we can have uh, a loving family structure and within that structure we can see success uh, and we can teach others to be a part of it because this is what is going to get us through these last days is continuing to live right because uh, wickedness is going to be out there uh, uh, and the Lord is, is going to come back. He's coming back after a church that has made itself ready without spot or wrinkle washed in the blood of the Lamb. And so you think how in the world is the church going to get washed in the blood of the Lamb? Well, we know from the scriptures you study it Amen, that when we are buried with him in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, that's so important that believers are baptized in the name of Jesus. Um, so we cannot look around us and say, well, it's just a different generation, a different trend. they got a different music. Uh, evil is evil. It doesn't matter. My generation had evil things that happened, and, and people had to stand against the evil of that generation. This current generation have have evil music around it. We've got to stand against the evils of this generation. Uh, just because the season changed, there's nothing uh, new under the sun. It's good or it's evil. It's uh, they repackage the product, they bring it back. Jerry Clower did a routine uh, talking about when he was a kid that they would have the the milk safe and uh, he said sometimes the baby calf would sneak in and suck the mama dry and uh, they would go to the milk safe and the only thing in the bottom of the milk safe was uh, the whey and they would scoop the whey up and put a little sugar in it 
and um, eat it because they didn't have anything else to eat or drink. And he said, today, these modern yuppies, he says they package it, put a fancy name on it, and everybody pays big bucks for the clabber, and we call it yogurt. Same product, repackaged uh, to appeal to a different industry. We, we see these things. The devil is constantly trying to come by and, and repackage things when, we, uh, when he's exposed, uh, trying to spin it, trying to make it look different. Uh, and that's one of the things that he's constantly trying to spin to mankind is that you've got plenty of time to worry about God later. Uh, he'll look at the young person and say, man, you need to enjoy life while you're young, while, you, while you've got youth, you know, just get out and worry about God. You don't got God, go out and enjoy life now. Um, and he's constantly telling people, hey, you've got plenty of time to worry about that. You know, you've got this you want to do and that you want to do. The Bible talks about the thief that cometh in the night. Regardless of our age, um, we all have an appointment with God. God could come. Well, the Lord will come for people today. Today will be their day. Uh, their appointment will will be called today. Uh, we look at it. We see how that we've we've lived another day, another decade, whatever it is. Uh, and so that tool is used sometimes to deceive people into rocking them to sleep that they've got plenty of time everything's going to be alright but when we come and we truly f find God in his mercy and his goodness and we begin to walk with him um, and the light shines around us we become aware of things all of us have become aware of things in our life. And, you know, it's kind of like the light bulb come on in that particular situation. Whether it be that we became aware that uh, this particular secular institution has an agenda. And, they're, and what they say they're doing and what they're doing is two different things. Uh, you know, you wonder, you shake your head about uh, certain businesses and uh, their practices and what what they're supposedly is happening um, and realize that there's people that they truly are pushing an agenda. They, they've got something. Uh, our politicians, we all know those politicians, they've got an agenda that they're pushing. The reason they're running for office is not because they're just a big-hearted fellow and they just really want to help people. Uh, they've got an agenda. And, hey, th there's some of them that they... They've got a good agenda. They, they, they've got so upset at some evil or perversion, and they want to go up and do something about that, and we're thankful for that. Uh, but a lot of them are hiding their agenda, hiding their purpose. There's other things that we can become aware of in life, and, and you know, it's important, just little simple things. You can be uh, going down in your, the road in your car, and everything can be great and glorious, and all of a sudden you look up and you see something black scurrying across the top and realize I've got a spider in my car. Or you can hear something and realize, you know, I've got a bee in my car. Uh, you become aware of, of certain things. Uh, you know, 
all of us in Oklahoma know that when you truck out in the woods, when you get back home, you need to be very aware that there's creepy crawlers that have tried to crawl on your body and uh, borrow some of your blood, and you need to, you know, take care of that, you know, make sure that you get rid of the uh, those ticks, get them off of your body. Uh, um, and they say that there's a new disease that the ticks up north are carrying that's bad, bad stuff. It's saying it's going to be worse than Lyme disease. Um, so you become aware of things. Uh, you know, you ever been driving down the road and and look over there and, and see something and say, man, I didn't know that was there. You know, I didn't know they had a donut shop right there. Or I didn't know you have something. I didn't know they had that there. And the person in the car next to you said, oh, yeah, that's been there for two years. He said, man, where, where have I been, you know? I've been by here a dozen times, and that's been there two years, and I haven't noticed it. Um, but it happens. We are distracted about things. Uh, God wants us to be when we come in relationship with him, we suddenly become aware of things and we realize that we need to examine the motive of things and we need to be looking at the end results. What is the end game? Where are you going to be when you get where you're going with this? It may look like an innocent thing. It may, it may look like it's something that's real nice and sweet, but putting that little dress on that little six-year-old girl and standing up her up there on that stage and letting her sing Amazing Grace may look innocent. But suddenly you roll that clock forward 15 years and they want her to go out on stage in her underwear and do a dance in front of all these old perverted men. Where is it going to lead when it gets where it's going? So we become aware of things when we draw near to God. It, it may look like an innocent thing. It may look like something that, uh, you know, what's what could be wrong with this? Uh, but we say, no, my Holy Ghost doesn't like where this leads. My Holy Ghost doesn't like what this is all about, you know? It started out innocent many, many years ago. I don't know how many of y'all remember, but... You know, it was like the Catholic Church, the American Legion. They had bingo. And they were raising money for a good cause. And you would go in, and you would pay 20 bucks and get your bingo cards, and you had a chance to win 100 You were raising money to feed orphans and help suffering veterans. Well, you were gambling. And then the next thing we knew, well, the American legions and the Catholic Church are doing bingo. And, uh, you know, this Indian tribe, we need to, you know, raise some money for our poor children. They ain't got no milk. So we're going to have bingo. And we can get away with it because we're an Indian tribe. And this is not subject to state law. It's federal land. So we're going to do bingo. Just bingo. That's all they did. That's all that they were doing. They were just going to do bingo. So everybody stood by. Oh, well, we've done bingo before. It's all right. So they did bingo. And bingo and bingo and bingo. 
been dead. And they got away with it. And now what do the Indian tribes have? They have these full-blown casinos. So, where's it going to be when it gets where it's going? And the casinos are probably not where they're finished going either. I mean, evil is evil. And uh, so we look at these things. Uh, One of the things that we need to be aware of and have a Holy Ghost sensor within us is that look at the source when an evil person is trying to convince you that something they are promoting or doing is good it's a pretty good clue right there ain't it it's a pretty good indication uh we should be looking to you know if i'm going to get involved and i'm going to be doing something with this uh let me find somebody that has got good in them um I was doing some reading this week about a particular theme park in uh, Missouri, and uh, they were talking about their Christian values that they had uh, and how that they had to make judgment calls and uh, that at one time there at this particular theme park, they were doing private parties that would allow private people to come in and off hours and have parties there. And as a result of that, these private parties would bring beer in to their private parties. Uh, they had always had a policy of no alcohol uh, there. And uh, one of the young employees came to the owners and said, hey, you know, this is hypocritical. We have a no alcohol party, and we're, these people are bringing beer into our park, even though we're closed. We're, we're being hypocritical here. And so they had to make a decision. They were a pretty ongoing concern at that time. Uh, but they made the decision they were going to stick by their Christian principles, and they said, you're right. We, we say we're alcohol-free. We're going to be alcohol-free. There will never, ever be alcohol permitted on our premises, regardless of what the situation is. And we have seen this particular theme park uh, continue to grow, uh, continued to uh, have a a safe, attractive environment. Brother Andrew got to go there with us. Um, while you were there, w- did you worry somebody's going to pick your pocket or somebody's getting ready to mug you? Um, I mean, I've never had that feeling there myself. You know, there's some weird people occasionally, but that's, that's everywhere in life. Uh, but, you know, I, I wow. Uh, you know, I've been to certain places, certain theme parks, and uh, you just—I just didn't feel safe. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I didn't feel like there was anybody around that, that you know, would would care. Uh, and then, wow, the stories you hear coming out of Florida—how that uh, when you dial 911 from within that particular institution, it doesn't go to the police department; it actually goes to the security of that park. And they are the one that responds to all the calls and decide whether or not they're going to actually bring the police in or not. 
Um, so we, be, we become aware of things in life. We look at the motive. Where's it going to be when it gets where it's going? Uh, and so we begin to ask God for wisdom and guidance. Uh, and we realize that even in our world around us, there is protection that we put in for certain reasons. Uh, I'll never ever forget the tragic happening uh, in my life, a road that I traveled almost every day. Well, three, time, three to four times a week I would travel this road to go to a particular job. Um, and it became it came one of those good old Oklahoma flash floods. It's, it was spring about this time of year, and it was raining real, real hard, and uh, this particular lady uh, ran off the road just at the exact wrong spot and went into a creek and uh, drowned as a result that the water uh, was running so rapidly through there. And within a month or so, the highway department was out there, and they put a guardrail right there so that if somebody come and their car skidded on the water and there was you look down there you know right now and there was like six inches of water in the creek this also happened here in Seminole yes this is a different place they put a guardrail there because that became a ferocious roaring creek when it flash flood and somebody lost their life so they put a guardrail there and many times you may hear the pastor get up and, I, and you know I may warn you about things I may I may say you know Hollywood has got an agenda to what they're doing they really really do most of the things that, that come out of Hollywood are coming out of these people that are promoting uh, sodomy they're promoting uh, adultery they're promoting fornication they're promoting bestiality they're promoting witchcraft uh, they're promoting humanism they're promoting you just go right on down the road. They're promoting drug uh, abuse. Uh, because I have seen those that have shipwrecked their life as a result of being immersed in these things. And so I'm asking you, put a guardrail up here. Put, put protection up here. There are certain places that you won't, don't want to go. And I've given the example of the fact that uh, I've talked about my father, how that he operated a nightclub and had illegal gambling and, and sold liquor and, and gambling on Sunday and sold prostitution and all these things. Evil, evil, evil life that he was with. And growing up in my home, there was a couple of things my father never, never ever touched. He would never, ever touch a set of dice or, or a set of playing cards. I don't have any problems rolling a pair of dice to play Monopoly. But it was a guardrail that he put up because those dice just didn't come up with a random number to him. They represented a lifestyle of gambling. And so he didn't want to ever be tempted with that again. And so he protected himself in that area. And uh, you know, uh, to, to someone that has a problem, they battle with the addiction of alcohol, uh, that God has delivered them from that, there, there's certain safeguards that you need to, to put up into place. You know, I had somebody come up with this stupid, stupid statement. 
You know, I've got a six-pack of Budweiser in my icebox to prove to everybody that I'm no longer addicted. Oh, you're an idiot. You're tempt not the Lord thy God. That's the reason Jesus didn't jump off of the pinnacle. He wasn't putting himself in a place to be tempted. Uh, don't go there. You know, it, to those that have a problem with uh, pornography, put safeguard, put protections in your life so you're not going there. You're not in the place where that you can be tempted to get away with this. Let me tell you something. As a computer IT guy, you can't hide it. I'm sick of it. I don't want to know about it. But as an IT guy, we can get in there and we can find out if somebody's ever been on pornography on that computer or not. There's places we can go, things we can do. They can't. You can't hide it. You can't get away with it. It's there. So all those people that think they're doing it and they're going to get away with it, nobody ever knows. If somebody ever wanted to know, they'd find out. It's there. It, it leaves the, the traces. It's kind of like somebody trying to clean blood up, you know. Get this cleaned up. Nobody knows anymore. Um, there's all the, the things that are involved there. But we are fighting the forces of evil. Accountability is, is something that can come into play. Get you a prayer partner. Get somebody to pray with you today. Um, you know, I've seen people that have had to use accountability. They've, they've had to have somebody that they say, hey, I'm going to be accountable to you. Uh, you're going to call me up today, and you're going to ask me, uh, hey, hey, man, did you, uh, were you around any alcohol today? I mean, you know, was there anybody that even had cooking cherry where you were at, you know? Uh, accountability. Come come to a place where you are accountable if you're constantly being defeated, and it gives you strength. If you know that you've got to tell that person, that you've got to be honest with them. Now, accountability don't work for somebody that's a liar and a cheat and a thief. But if you've got to be honest with that person, and and when you're working with the accountability partner, partner, it's somebody that you know loves you and cares about you and wants to help you overcome it. And uh, sometimes you got to revise your 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 plan. You got to come up with a new theme. You got to put in new protections. You got to put in new safeguards. Um, hey, did they have airbags in the cars in the 1960s? No, they didn't. They kept wanting to make the cars safer. Um. Yeah, I can remember as a kid, I had a a little bench that they put on the car because I wanted to see out over the dashboard, see where it was going. When I sat down in the seat, I couldn't see nothing. So I had this little bench, and my dad had covered it with uh, naga hide, you know. Now, there's an old term for you. And uh, I'd hop up on my bench, and I could sit down, I could look out and see where we were going. And if I got real bored, I called up in the back dashboard. And that was a cool place to ride at nighttime because you could look straight up and see all the stars as you was going down the road. Did they have any little cars in the 60s? No. 
you you could in a 1957 Chevrolet Impala, you could literally lay down in the back floorboard. They had that much room back there. And when you open the hood, you could actually crawl in there with the motor and work. There's enough room to crawl inside the hood and work on it the way I remember it. Um, so times change, and we revised the plan. Uh, you know, I'm looking for something right now. I've got to do some more research on it. I've got a, a friend that wants to, to find out a way so that uh, when his child receives a text message, that he gets a copy of the text message. I don't know if anybody's ever dealt with that. I haven't dealt with that, but it uh, sounds like a great idea to me. Uh, so I'm going to work on that little project here. Um, uh, well, you know, I, I, I see the great advantage uh, in, in certain circumstances with our children having technology uh, that are there. And on the other hand, uh, you know, hey, if somebody's living in my house under my roof, there's no there's no secrets in that room. That's my room. That's my house. If I pay the electric bill, I pay the rent. That's 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 my house. I'm you know, it's just the way it is. You want you want something, you go buy it. Uh, I don't have any problem. Uh, with uh, children having relationships with other people I think it's good I think it's I think it's healthy but uh, you know your children should be able to trust you and to love you and I know in a circumstance one of my children trust trusted their parents and and it saved another child a lot of grief and a lot of heartache because it was one of those trends that was out there you got text ing you take the t off and you put an s at the beginning yeah i got a whole book on that garbage all right let's stand together amen the lord is coming we're living in the last days we got to be vigilant we got to be aware of what's around us because we know not when the lord is coming and we want to protect our families in this wicked and evil generation dear god we ask you to reach down and touch each and every one of us today god thank you for your love and your mercy god thank you lord for your goodness oh god give us strength and power lord let us be overcomers we know we're overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies give us strength oh lord touch us and encourage us today oh in the beautiful name of jesus we pray